Um, hello, welcome to True Crime Broads. This is Crystal. And Renee. And we want to thank you so much for tuning in for episode three. Tonight we have something planned. We're going to talk about the perpetrator's um, outfit that he was wearing in the church. So, um, Renee, did you want to start? You had a really cool list earlier of things to talk about, about what the perpetrator is wearing. And maybe we yeah. can just use that as a guide. Okay, sounds good. Um, absolutely. So one of the, the most talked about aspects of this case is, of course, the perpetrator in the church video. Um, you know, there are a lot of groups um, in, uh, on social media where people are constantly trying to figure it out. And of course, you know, it's perplexing because there's not really a lot to go on except for what you see. And it's hard to see uh, on the video. But, you know, so we'll just kind of go through what, what, we, what we're looking at. Um, so if you go on the video, you will go on to the best place to find it, in my opinion, is to go to YouTube and then to find. Um, sorry, I'm trying to go to my pictures. Is to go to YouTube and then find the Creekside Church of Christ um, video. It's actually under Midlothian Police Department. And pull up the video and you can watch it there. Uh, we'll post it on our Facebook page for everybody to, to, to see it. But anyway, so the perpetrator is dressed in what looks to be police, uh, police gear. They have the word police written on the back. It looks like they have on, you know, the pants, the boots the jacket, you know, the shirt or whatever it's called, the helmet. <clears throat> you can see that they have like a flashlight on their head. Um, and then, of course, they're walking around the church with some tools in their hand. Um, so one of the things that we were going to talk about with this one is the the gear. You know, is it police gear, SWAT gear? Um, is it something made up? So... I have kind of went through and, and looked at it really closely. And there's a couple of different things that I noticed. Um, first, I'm going to start off with the vest. Um, in, the, in the video, if you stop it, like pause it, you'll notice that you will see some uh, different coloration on there. You'll see like dark where the pants are and the sleeves. But in the, in the chest area, it looks kind of like a purplish or bluish color. So I'm assuming it's, it's, a, it's like a navy color maybe. It looks like one of those puffer vest jackets to me. So I will post a picture of, of um, what I see in the video. Um, but I will post a picture of that for everybody to look at. But it's kind of like a navy one. I'm sure you've seen it, Crystal. I, they, you know, the police wear them. Has yes. police on the back. It's kind of like, I yeah. guess it's like, you know, um they're, they're like puffy they're puffy but it's more yeah. like stripes going across yeah. yeah yeah and you can see the lines on the back of this person's um you can see the lines going across just like they have on those puffer jackets vest so anyway so that's kind of what i'm thinking that is now of course please don't think that i know exactly what i'm talking about this is just my opinion and what i see um and so like you know we obviously we know that we don't we don't know we're just kind of giving our opinion on this but that's what i see as far as the the vest goes um the shirt it's kind of hard to tell but I'm, I'm assuming it's something like you would see the police wear the long sleeves and then of course on the front it seems that there's some type of pockets because at one point in the video they're like uh, pulling tools out of the front of their gear and yes. you want them to 
ever so gently try to break into a door. <laughs> I don't give a lot of effort into it. That's why I say it like that. Right. Uh, so I'm assuming there's something because you can't see it on the video uh, well enough to really know if that's what they have there, but you can tell they're doing that when they're putting tools there. So that's what I'm kind of thinking for, you know, the shirt. And then of course the pants, you can't really tell, but you can tell when the person is walking away from the camera, um, that they had, looks like what they have knee pads on because the pants are kind of drawn up and you can see the bump when they're turned sideways on the knee area. Mm -hmm. You can kind of tell where that, where it gathers in the back. So I'm assuming that they have on knee pads and I can imagine that they were trying to be prepared for, you know, any kind of altercation of, of some sort, you know, they, they didn't know what they were coming up against, I guess, or maybe they did. That was why they prepared. Uh, but it looks like they have on some kind of knee pads. And then the shoes um, is interesting. On one part of the video, um, the person's walking again away from the camera. And they're walking towards that double door. And you can see like a flop. I don't know how to explain it. But when oh, they're walking. Yeah, you were showing me that under the shoe. Yes. It's like. It's almost like as if a person was walking around in flip-flops, how their foot goes up, but the shoe, you know, the bottom of the shoe stays down, you know, because it's kind of hard to just, you'd almost have to scoot in a flip-flop to keep it attached to your foot the whole time. So, and, and, and we'll post this on our Facebook page so that the listeners can see the visual of what we're talking about. Yes, yes. Um, I have a couple of uh, things yeah, to, to share. When you originally pointed that out to me a couple of years ago, I was pretty convinced it was just a shadow. Mm -hmm. Um, but now that you're telling me that and what you're about to say, sorry, I sort of jumped the gun here, but That's okay. now I'm starting to think there's something to it. Okay. Go ahead and finish your thoughts. Sorry. No, it's okay. So, um, so you can kind of see where the foot or the shoe comes, uh, separated from some other type of surface that the perpetrator is wearing, if that's making any sense. So I, I got to researching it to, to try and figure out, exactly what this could be and what it was and apparently um there is a couple of different um things that can be worn I, I, it's kind of hard to word it but it's can be worn like i guess under the shoe <laughs> you know um there's something called shoe ends and I'm assuming that people wear these for different reasons. Some people might be wearing them because maybe they're doing some work um, in a muddy, maybe like a, I don't know, maybe a plumber or somebody that's going to be in a lot of mud and they don't want to get their shoe all muddy. So this thing covers their shoe and keeps their shoe protected and it just kind of it's almost like a sandal. They just kind of slip it over their shoe. And there's a couple different names. I've seen shoe-ins. I've seen open-toe overshoes. And so they're made, obviously, a lot bigger so that they will completely fit over a regular shoe, whether it's a tennis shoe or a boot or whatever. So it, um, it just looks like a big plastic flip-flop. Yeah, what it looks that's like what I was going to say. Right, a flip-flop. Absolutely. Yeah. Now what, yeah. are those, now, what are those supposed to be for? Well, I, I mean, originally what I've, I didn't know, and I had to research it because I had no idea they even existed. So 
what they use for on here, it looks like it shows lots of like construction work and people that work out in, you know, in the elements. Uh, it talked about uh, working some kind of um, tree work or something. I don't know. I guess they deal with water and mud and stuff. Okay. Um, and then there's also some that have um, spikes. And obviously, I'm certain the person in the video doesn't have those on, but the actual piece looks the same. You know, I guess the spikes could be removed. I don't know. But there's lots of different versions of it. But it kind of puts it in perspective because, in my opinion, this would be a way, this would be, this would cover two issues. One would be any kind of footprints. They wouldn't be able to, um, you know, say this is a Under Armour shoe or this is a Nike shoe. I mean, because they're ha they have on this shoe in thing. Mm -hmm. Oh, and two, another thing would be um, that it would enable them to, okay, like if they the, the glass that was broken, the person was standing right there. So if they was to get glass in their titty shoe. I know that's gotten people caught before where they, they got some of the mud in their shoe or, you know what I'm saying? Right. So if they have this on and then they take it off and then they go home, they, they don't have the um, issue of carrying back some of the evidence from the church to their home. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. So that's, that's kind of the couple of reasons that I'm thinking. I don't know. You might have some other thoughts too, but that's just what came to my head. No, that's interesting. When you sent me that earlier today, I had never seen that before in my life. So I really had to just stop and go, wow, what is that? And that could be what you're seeing. And also, you showed me a front, and we'll, we'll um, upload this to Facebook as well. Our Facebook group is called True Crime Broads, and um, we'll put these pictures up because kind of the things we're talking about right now are pretty visual. Um and then you showed a, a sort of like a side front view of the perp shoe. And it looked like they had a strap across the top. I'd never noticed that yes. before today. Yes. And, and I, yeah, I actually found that um, there was one picture that I took. And then there was another picture that somebody else took. And I can't take credit for it. I don't know who it was that uploaded it to one of the groups. But I came across it. And I don't know if it got overlooked or what, but somebody else took that picture and you can see the strap, like you said, across the top toe. So it, it tells me that it's a big possibility that that's what this person is wearing, something to protect their, their that's soles of their shoes. Yeah. It's, it, you, you can definitely see a, a flop or whatever you would call it whenever they're walking across the floor. And, and then, um, mm -hmm possibly hear it we'll have to discuss that on another episode but anyway yeah shoes are a big thing like you said for perpetrators to walk through things and you know melanie mcguire case from that's been over 10 years ago but that was a fascinating case and she actually got busted because she had been so careful with evidence as far as when she killed her husband but mm -hmm. she apparently had walked through some of the debris um when she had, this is horrible, but she had apparently sawed him up in the bathroom and um, she was a nurse. And so they were just saying that she really cleaned up well, the crime scene well. But the one thing she did is she had debris, like sawdust of her husband's um, 
body was on the soles of her shoes from where she walked in it. Isn't that disgusting? But, wow. but that's, that was the DNA that got her caught. Um, I mean, there was okay. other evidence against her, but that was the concrete DNA. That was part. the, yeah. That's really yeah, gross that's to think happens. about. I mean, that's the only thing I can think of that they would need that for. I mean, I, I, I know that it was raining really hard that day for a long time. You can see it in the SWFA video that the whole yeah. time, you know, it's raining. But um, they don't appear to be wet. And I feel like even though it's, you know, not the best surveillance video, I still think that we could tell if there was water coming off of them at some point, you know? Yeah. So I don't know that it has anything to do with that, but maybe it does. I don't know. Well, and that's something else. I'm glad you brought that point up because I'm not sure how sharp these surveillance cameras are. I don't know. It just seems like pretty high quality, quality, not, not high quality images. And also my understanding is it was pitch dark in the church. And when there's movement, it, it, it has sensors that it, they flip on the cameras flip on when there's motion they're uh-huh. motion motion detectors uh-huh. and so um when the camera flips on due to motion my understanding is that's where the source of light comes from the camera so um you know with it being dark and the camera being the only thing really throwing off any light um i'm not really sure how good these images are so w- maybe we're seeing things that aren't there I don't know or maybe we're not seeing things that are there um, right. but it's it's definitely interesting to discuss and it's worth exploring um, of course we're not privy to any of the video analysis that law enforcement's done you know that new state-of-the-art lab that Tarrant County has apparently um, had done a thorough analysis of this video and I'm assuming I guess I shouldn't assume this but I just sort of always jump to the conclusion that the FBI had probably done some um their own analysis of it um or maybe they were just depending on the tarrant county analysis i don't know but i would really you know it would be nice if we would know exactly what was on the video because i have a feeling you know someone does right but you know our guesses are as good as anybody's i guess and that's interesting i really did you really made me pause and think about those flip-flop shoe covers i'd never even heard of those so that's really cool and i'm glad we're going to have the pictures up for the listeners to be able to check out as well and hopefully we'll get some comments on that um, yeah absolutely. and then is this a good time to go into the zoom ins of the shoes or do you want to wait okay oh, no. yeah okay yeah you're um somebody in your family had done a zoom in of the perpetrator shoes mm-hmm. or boots as possible they're little tactical boots but um um it was so interesting that we were able to pick up the emblem on the side of the shoes. It was under armor. I just about fell out of my chair the first time you sent me that a couple of years ago because um, I just didn't see it coming um, that it would be that clear. So I'm thinking if somebody, you know, who's a total amateur was able to zoom in and find that, I have to believe that the law enforcement video analysis people know that these are under armor boots or shoes. Um, we will also put these pictures up for our listeners. And it appears to be, I would guess, a black shoe, a dark colored shoe with a white Under Armour emblem. And I think most of our listeners are probably familiar with the Under Armour emblem. It's sort of like a U and then like an upside down U. It's supposed to be UA, I guess. Right. <laughs> but it's really, that was just really cool to see. And another thing that that suggested to me, I don't know if we're going to get into speculating 
on this episode, but I'll, I'll just insert this right here. Um, it made me think that, you know, frequently law enforcement officers wear Under Armour shoes. That's a common shoe apparently for Under for, um, excuse me, for police officers to wear. So, um, they wear them just in their normal beat clothes, not necessarily with the SWAT gear. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just thought that was really interesting. It really got my wheels turning into thinking that this was someone who it made me, it gave me one more reason to think that this was possibly someone who really is from a law enforcement background, because that's just really taking the authentic aspect of this outfit to a different level. Um, these Under Armour tactical boots are not cheap. Um, even if they're not the tactical boots, Under Armour is a fairly, you know, like a higher end brand. I mean, I would think that if you were going to go um, commit a horrible crime like this and you knew you would have evidence on your feet and you knew you were going to have to throw away your shoes um, from blood splatter or whatever, I would think that you would go to Walmart and buy the cheapest shoes you could find if you were trying to put together some kind of a SWAT looking outfit. Do you know what I'm saying? I would think that you would just go find like black boots at Walmart, you know, because who's going to notice the Under Armour emblem in the rain and the dark anyway. Right. So it kind of just led me to believe that this probably is someone with law enforcement background and they just grabbed their oldest and rattiest ones that they didn't mind throwing away afterwards. Yeah. Um, I just know my husband used to be in the uniform business before he went to law school. And one thing that he said was common was the firemen and the, the letter carriers that they sold the boots to, um, they would frequently have several pair and some were more broken in than others. Some were older, some were more ratty. They'd wear those on bad weather days. Um, that type of thing. So I was just sort of picturing the perpetrator just thinking, okay, these are the ones I don't mind throwing away. Right. Um, I could be totally off on that. That's kind of a tangent. I just went off and thanks for indulging me, but <laughs> that's kind of <laughs> what I'm thinking about those shoes. And um, another thing about, you know, you talked about potentially there being knee pads that it looks like there is and all this other gear, that kind of gear is really confining. Um, I'm just trying to imagine, you know, anytime you put on anything you're not used to wearing, that's a little bit confining you're uncomfortable, you know? Um, and it really strikes me as odd. I mean, so many things about this are odd, but one thing that really strikes me as odd is that this perpetrator would choose to wear a confining, restricting outfit. Um, I mean, aside from the fact that it's totally bizarre because everyone knows that a SWAT member is not going to be somewhere alone. They, I mean, SWAT, it's SWAT teams, right? I mean, they're always in a group. Um, right so that alone is weird but also just why if you knew you're going to go commit a crime that it was imperative that you get in and out of there quickly why would you pick an outfit that's difficult to move in that's um if you're not used to wearing it so I know I mentioned that on our old old podcast with Tim but I really keep coming back to that is it it appears to me that this person has worn tactical gear of this nature before they seem very comfortable in it um that's just not something that comes easy I think if I were to put that stuff on or if you were we would be saying wait I don't 
I don't think I want to go try to run in and out of somewhere really fast and do something really physical wearing this. I need to get used to it first. You know, yeah. I would think I'm not used to wearing this kind of thing. And so I feel like I'll probably make mistakes or, and especially, gosh, what really gets me is the helmet. Um, you know, it takes away some of your peripheral vision when you have on something like that. And I would just think that it was, it's of the utmost importance that this person be able to see everything and and monitor who's coming and going and I don't know I just thought that was a weird choice to wear something that confining and restricting Mm -hmm. restricting of their vision so it really it's just always made me think I feel like this person's worn tactical tactical gear before and you know maybe even quite a bit so that's just my two cents one of the the one of the most interesting things about um, me and you doing this this podcast is that, of course, as we've told everybody before, we started talking, I don't know, three or four years ago when this, not long after this happened. Right. And we've covered everything you can imagine. We've talked about everything there is to talk about in this case. And and we don't we don't always agree, but we, we always respect each other's, you know, um, opinions and, you know, everybody thinks differently. Everybody looks at things differently. And we, you know, welcome other people's thoughts, opinions, you know, and so forth. Um, anytime we post something on our Facebook page, you're welcome to comment or, you know, ask us a question or get our opinion. Uh, because that's all it is, an opinion we have. We, we, we don't know any more than y'all do. Oh, but yes. I said all that to say this. Um, I think completely differently about some of the stuff that you were saying, not everything, okay. but some of it. And the only, reason I'm, <laughs> yeah, the only reason I'm sharing it is because it, it, it's interesting the way people look at things um, because sometimes you're like, oh, wow, I never even thought of it like that. You know, because right, right. what, what you're saying makes perfect sense to me. And it's just funny because I think of it in a whole nother light. So I'll just share what I think so that other people can kind of see the different, you know, ways to look at it. And, and of course, just, you know, take from it what you will for, from either one of us. Yeah. Um, but you said that um, you were talking about the outfit and, and what they had on. I feel like they put it on, which you can obviously tell that it's very restrictive. Cause I, like I said, I think they have the, I think they have knee pads on Um uh, before I go into that, I want to say this. Uh, years and years ago, I think it was probably when my kids were younger. Um, and I think every woman has probably done this at some point. I had to go outside for something to get something out of the car or something. I don't remember. And I didn't feel like going and getting my shoes and putting them on. Well, my husband's shoes were right there. So I just slipped my feet into them. And he wears way bigger shoes than I do, you know, than, mm-hmm. I, than I wear so mm-hmm. it's super easy to just put my foot in them and walk to the car and then come back and then I just take them off. And I don't, it doesn't take any effort at all because they're way too big. But when I did that, it caused me to walk funny because I couldn't keep the shoes on because they were too big. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so it made me walk funny. And so somebody, and I don't know who it was, it was probably a couple years back, mentioned that um, that that could be causing the per the person's funny walk because everybody focuses on the walk, and and I like I said I I go back and forth with it. On one hand, I feel like you know that is their true uh, walk, and on another hand, I think that it's restricted because of the knee pads and these possible 
slip on over toe shoe things that they're probably wearing because you can see it you know flopping in the video so with the, the, these few things that we've you know discussing i think that this is altering their walk they they're not walking like they normally would because of these things that they're that they have on for protection or whatever it is okay secondly i feel like they have this this on um because it will provide them number one um protection number two they're able to conceal their identity from missy from the camera huge Um, absolutely yeah and then three i think that they well i said it in two but they are able to um sorry i I, sometimes i get to a loss for words but (laughs) they're able to make it like they're trustworthy so that when she comes in maybe they're they can get close enough to do whatever it is that they're planning to do which we already know they they killed her but um, you know what i'm saying right however they're planning to accomplish it that's kind of that's just kind of my thoughts on it but um and i feel like that was why they chose that because that's probably one of the few things that they could put on that would cover them from head to toe and provide enough um, of a safety net that they could get close enough to her to accomplish their mission. I mean, if they would have put on like a robbery mask or, you know, a, a, a sweatshirt with a hood and, you know, whatever that would have covered them, it wouldn't have provided as much um, concealment and it would have scared her off immediately. So right. that's just kind of my thoughts on that, right. you know, and, and like we, yeah, neither and, one and of I us. Think, and, and obviously none of us has any idea. That's why we're kind of trying to look at the facts, but you know, it's hard not to speculate, especially about this part of the case yeah. because it is just so out there. I mean, we have yeah. a person dressed up in full blown looking SWAT gear, walking around a church about to attack someone. It's just the craziest right. thing I've ever seen. So, yeah. um, and, <clears throat> You know, there's probably all kinds of, you know, explanations that could be valid. I mean, to as to how this happened. I mean, I just tend to lean toward, I think that, I mean, overall, if I just looking at perpetrators just sort of throughout history, they're sort of like they're lazy. I mean, it, people tend to grab what they have access to and... um you know, because I've seen a lot of people in the group say they think that this perpetrator ordered them from overseas or ordered these things and all these elaborate plans. And, you know, I, I think that the, you know, checking records of ordering things would probably be pretty easy for the FBI to do or whoever was investigating that piece of it. I'm thinking, I mean, just, I don't know, like you, I mean, I'm just sitting here saying I have no idea, but I kind of tend to think that that just might have been something that the perpetrator had access to. And, um, and also I think that, you know, those, do you remember early, early on, there was those photographs on AJ Tucker's, um, self-defense site where he had tactical gear hanging on the wall behind him. And, um, I know that's completely different because that's sparring equipment, but Mm -hmm. at the time, I think that really helped fuel the rumors in the groups that perhaps he or his wife had something to do with this because of that gear that was in the photographs, there was knee pads and there was, um, all kinds of protective gear, which makes sense. If you're going to teach some self-defense, you would have that kind of stuff. Now, of course, there was nothing that said police on it, but there was all kinds of padded type of gear that 
looked like it could, you know, coincide with some of the items that the perp was wearing. Um, right. And, you know, and then I just, I don't know. It's so hard to tell. I mean, maybe the person did piecemeal this together um, by ordering some of it and had some of it. I mean, it's just really so hard to tell at this point. And that's, and- that's one of the things that I don't think, I don't think they really had much to order if they did. That's just me. Cause I see some type of, um, um, I don't want to say leggings, but that type of pant, like a workout, workout pants. Mm-hmm. And then it looks like they have shorts over it. So I don't think they would, they, I mean, obviously I don't know what they have to order and what they don't, but it doesn't look like anything that would, you know, require ordering. You can just go down to Academy or right. wherever. And then the shorts and then the, the puffy vest, you know, another thing they could just get, you know, anywhere Academy again. <laughs> right. And then of course their shoes, they probably already had those. And then, you know, we don't know helmet. Yes you know, those things, but it doesn't look like, I mean, a lot of people I think were speculating, like you said, that they were online ordering all this tactical, official tactical gear. And then of course it says police on the back. Now we don't know how that came about, but you know, I think it's possible that they attached it somehow to the back of the jacket or, you know, had it done. I don't know. I mean, right. Yeah. That part of There's so many possibilities on the outfit. I mean, just between you and me, we covered a bunch and imagine there's so many more possibilities. Um, yeah. Also, you know, I, do you remember in the HLN show, I don't know how many of our listeners saw it, but it's wonderful. We mentioned it on a previous podcast, but it's, um, it's on headline news, HLN, and it's a true crime series. It's called, um, lies, crime and videotape. And the series has different episodes. And the episode about Missy's case is called Murder in the Church. And um, they have a uh, retired investigator on there. I've seen him on other shows. I think he's just one of these people, like a commentator, you know, um, now that mm-hmm. he's retired. Yes. And he was saying that the purpose, when he looked at the video, he sees vintage SWAT gear, which I thought was very interesting. Um, that might help account for why it looks a little off to people. Um, cause it looks like SWAT gear maybe, but maybe just not, just not current SWAT gear. Um, yeah. that, that retired, um, that retired investigator's name, I believe is John Bueller, something like that. John Bowler, something like that. I'll have to look it up. Um, but I just thought that was really interesting that that was his opinion, that it looks like SWAT gear that is vintage. Right. So, yeah. So could it have been something shoved in the back of someone's closet? Maybe someone who used to be in uh, law enforcement or whose spouse used to be in law enforcement. I know there's a lot of speculation about that in the um, social media groups. I think what's funny is when we when we say a lot of people think this, a lot of people think that. Of course, we don't know what law enforcement thinks. They've been so tight-lipped about this case. Um, we're really talking about the basically the social media groups here um right they're a little more in depth even though there's just a ton of inaccuracies in most of them at least you know at least they're more in depth than say youtube comments or the comments that you see on the news articles at least it right. is a little, little bit deeper dive even if it's kind of wacky sometimes or should i say wacky mm-hmm. most of the time 
<laughs> exactly. But hey, it's all we have. It's yeah, all we have. it is all we have. Yeah, Law the only one isn't talking, so we have to get in there and speculate, right? Yeah, we so. have to do what we have to do. That's for sure. <laughs> and then, and one of the things that I wanted to point out too, um, it, it's so crazy, but there are so many people, and and I I can't say anything because I don't know. I mean, I, I will say that I do not think that this person did it at all. It doesn't cross my mind. But again, I don't know. It's just my thoughts. But people are constantly saying that Randy Beavers, which is Brandon Beavers' dad, uh, <laughs> looked like the person walking in the church. And I just feel like the person's walk is caused from the gear they have on. And a lot of people walk funny. You know, a lot of people you know, walk like that. So I don't know. I just, I just, I just like to point, point that out. I mean, you know, I guess everybody has their opinions. And- yeah, I hear you. Well, I remember when they had that little press conference, that little brief one where I think it was just immediately following the dog blood situation where Randy Beaver's dog, we talked about it in our first podcast. Um, he and his wife had a dog that had fought with another dog and the dog actually killed the other dog. It was horrible. And then, yes. um, he took the shirt to the dry cleaners and the woman working the dry cleaners sort of put two and two together. It was like, wait a minute, there's a bloody shirt being handed to me by Randy Beavers and his daughter-in-law just turned up in a horrible, bloody murder. So they called the police and reported it. So the police got a search warrant. They did their due diligence. Um, come to find out the DNA test comes back. It was indeed dog blood. But um, with all that being said, um, it was just really interesting the way that unfolded. And then all of a sudden, then they felt obligated to, I think it was before the DNA came back. They wanted to kind of get ahead of it. Um, Brandon and Randy Beavers, um, father and son, um, that would be the husband of Missy Beavers and the father-in-law of Missy Beavers. They went and did a press conference and they kind of explained, you know, what happened and how it had nothing to do with the murder, but they just wanted to come out there and let everybody know. And right. the press conference, they turn around and Randy Beavers kind of waddles off kind of like the perpetrator and his body type is similar to kind of what we were thinking the perpetrators would be under all that garb. And uh, that just started the rumor mill going bananas and, yeah. you know, and, and rightfully so. I mean, if you're just a casual observer and that was the very beginning, a lot of us thought that it was like, Oh, Hey, wait, he's got kind of a little kick, like a little limp, you know, right. when, he, when he walks and that's weird, you know, but I think um, it's just weird when, to me that it continued. When uh, do you remember the time when uh, Brandon um, actually uh, mentioned um, that his dad has um, some condition, and I can think of how he said part of it, but I don't remember the complete medical term. Yes, I remember that now. With his neck, yes. where he can't just turn. His head yes. to the side like the perpetrator did in the video. Yes. That whatever this is, something spondylitis or something. I can't yes. remember. He has actually had a, a, some kind of a fusion surgery. Yes. Where he doesn't have full, you know, he can't fully rotate his neck anymore yeah. um, or hardly at all. And, yeah. Um, yes, you're right. I completely forgotten about that until you mentioned it. Yes, that yeah, is true. I, I thought that was, um, I mean, you know, that that's, I think that that's good that he mentioned that because, you know, I mean, I, I can only imagine what it would be like for people to just constantly be saying, you did it, you did it, you did it, you know, I mean, oh, that's, so that's got to be horrible, you know, to, to, 
that to happen all the time. So I'm, I'm really glad he was, Brandon was able to say that, you know, in right. his, his defense, because I can't imagine in my wildest dreams what on earth, and I, and I understand when people murder people, they don't always make sense and they don't always have, obviously there's no good reason to kill anybody, but I'm just saying, I can't imagine on my wildest dreams why he would want to kill his daughter-in-law. I don't even see a motive there. So, but anyway, right. it doesn't and, matter. I'm just glad well, he mentioned that. And then, then here's another thing that while we're on that topic, you know, we said we wanted to help dispel rumors. One of the rumors became, I mean, people just were sort of adding on and adding on and adding on to this um, as far as him having a motive. The motive was Missy was going to divorce Brandon, which we have no evidence of, but people were saying Missy was going to divorce Brandon, take all of his money and the father-in-law's money. But we found early on that their money is not intertwined in any way. Um, the company that um, Brandon works for um, has nothing to do with Randy Beavers, his biological father. Right. Um, it's for a different side of the family that Randy has absolutely no relation to, no relationship with, nothing. So that's just completely false. There's no motive as far as financially would go from Randy Beavers. Um, then I'm sure, though, the people that are diehard, you know, think that Randy did it would say, oh, but he just doesn't want his son's money getting stolen, you know, taken away. Well, fine, whatever. But I mean, he was, I mean, far as we can tell, he was confirmed to be in California and there's just nothing there. Right. Um, I mean, yeah. we don't see any evidence of the family being leaned on in any way by law enforcement. We don't see people lawyering up all the stuff that you see. Um, there's just none of that going on. Um, and so it seems like they cleared Randy pretty quickly. Um, yeah, and the police have stated several times that none of the family or, or friends of Mitzi Beavers are being considered as suspects at this time. And they've said that numerous times. Yeah. They, um, they're, not, they're not being looked at or anything so and, and I yeah. think even beyond that we can tell by looking just there's no I mean you know how these cases unfold you can when a, when somebody is being looked at they start acting nervous and weird and then they stop talking to reporters and the next thing you know they're lawyering up you know there's pretty predictable set of circumstances that happens and we just haven't seen that with the Beavers family at all um, right in addition to them telling us that they're clear so, the only thing, there is one thing that um, I just thought of that I wanted to talk about, and I, I'm glad I remembered it. Um, I wish I could remember, and you might you might know um, where it was mentioned. There was a, um, a news story, uh, of course, of somebody sharing the video of the perpetrator walking around the church. And they say, and then the screen goes to black. Yeah. Do you remember that? I do. I, you know, I've always wondered what they were talking about because I never seen the video go to black. I just saw him in the video. So I, I don't understand what they're talking about. Do you know? No. And that sounds like a dramatization of some kind. Um, I don't, you mean, you mean after, you mean when the perp and Missy see each other and then it goes to black? Is that what you're talking about? Well, I mean, we we don't see that part, so it's just weird that they're doing a news story on something that nobody's seen. So I I guess I didn't understand what are they t what part of the of the screen goes black because we don't see any that happen. So yeah. you know what I'm saying? That is it's really kind of weird. Confusing. Yeah, that is strange. I I don't have an answer either. I think that also, you know, what I found really interesting going referring back to the headline news show that I was talking about earlier. 
um, murder in the church episode. Um, that's the first time we see Dr. Nuremberg, the forensic podiatrist who analyzed the persons of interest in the Missy Beavers case. It's the first time we see him interviewed and talking about this case. And he said something so interesting. He said when he was watching the video, he said he could see Missy hear something. You know, her head turns. Uh-huh. And he said he was thinking, oh, please run. Because obviously he knows what's coming next. And right. poor Missy didn't. And uh, I wonder if the perpetrator called out to her when she turned her head or was she hearing footsteps? Um, I just have to wonder um, what was happening at that time and just how terrifying to even think about that. And, um, you know, we were talking earlier about perhaps the SWAT gear, the police gear was there to put Missy at ease for a moment. But I also have to think if I pulled up to a place that I go every, you know, as often as she goes to that place in the morning, you've got your routine down. She didn't see a car. She certainly didn't see a police car parked out there or she would have been on alert. We know, um, I mean, we're fairly certain the perp was not parked out there where she could see his car or her car. So what I find really interesting is that she walks in and sees a SWAT person alone. There's no car. I mean, I can only imagine how terrifying and confusing that moment was for her. It just infuriates me. Um, I really hope they catch this person. Just what a horrible crime. But um, just thinking about what must have been running through her mind, just trying to piece that together. Because we don't see SWAT people alone. I mean, they travel in a group. You know, the SWAT teams do. Um, I have seen them individually just like at the U2 concert we went to a couple of years ago in Arlington. I remember I called mm-hmm. you and Tim afterwards and we talked about it. I yeah. saw a SWAT guy from um, the concert was in Arlington at AT&T Stadium, but it, they had Kennedale SWAT guys there. And oh my gosh, it was really amazing that it looked so much like the church perps clothing. You know, I was just mesmerized. I was like, whoa, look at that, Mike. And we kind of stopped and looked at him for a minute on the way out. But, um, you know, those guys were... Um, just sort of posted around there so they weren't traveling in a close group but other than that I mean I just think of SWAT people as being together so that would have really freaked me out not only would I have been freaked out to walk into the dark church and see someone obviously that would be terrifying but I'm not sure my mind would say oh it's a cop that's cool I would be like why is there a SWAT person here alone and where's his car you know yeah see I think I, knowing me, uh, when I'm startled or scared, I don't always think clearly <laughs> at oh, all. Absolutely. Me neither. And my first thing would probably, I wouldn't think of him not being with somebody. I would just think, why is he in that complete getup? Because when I think of someone with that complete getup, I think of them storming a house to, you know, yeah. A drug bust or something you know you see that on tv because i don't you know that's kind of what i think and i would probably be thinking why are they here like but but at the same time i think that i would possibly want to run to them for safety possibly right i don't know i i I don't obviously we don't know what we would do in a situation until we're in it and 
we're never going to be in that situation. Thank God. But, um, you know, yeah, it's, it's, I I don't know that it's hard to think about that. Yeah, it really is. Cause I just, so much confusion and it doesn't sound like there was a lot of time for poor Missy to process who it was before the attack started anyway. Um, right. So it's really, really terrifying. And we don't know if he, yeah. we don't know if the perpetrator said something to her or if she was reacting to maybe just the sound of, wait, there's someone in here, you know, how right. completely terrifying is that? I just hate this whole thing and I just can't believe it's been almost four years. I know I rant about that occasionally, but it's just, you know, you and I cannot believe it. We talk about it all the time. um, One of the biggest questions I have, and I, I can't even, I can't even come up with a logical explanation myself for this. I don't know if, if I'm sure we've probably talked about it, but how did the killer get out of, how did they get out of the church without being seen again on camera. You know, in that very first press conference that was the day of the murder, um, toward the end of it, you know, they sort of, two or three people talked, and toward the end, Captain Span took over, S-P-A-N-N, for those of you mm-hmm. uh, who are following along with who we're talking about. Um, Span got up there from MPD, and he said that we do have video after the murder occurs because one of the ladies in the press raised her hand and said something to the effect of do you have video after the murder or as the perpetrator seen exiting the building and he said we have um, video of the perpetrator going down a hallway after the murder presumably to leave the building the way he came in and they've stood by that statement by the way that they think that the perpetrator left the way he came in, which would have been that kitchen door that he broke in by breaking the glass and reaching into the window. And we have pictures of that too. I can put, we can put that on Facebook. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. Good idea. And um, so that was never brought up again. Um, No one's mentioned that again. The media apparently didn't follow up on that again. And um. I just really wonder if that video does exist. It sounds like it probably does. I don't see why he would make that up. Um, and I don't really understand why they that MPD hasn't shown the public that part of the video. Because I would think that the way the perpetrator moved after the murder would be completely different than the way he was moving before the murder. Before the murder, he was just sauntering around, you know, wasting time until Missy arrived, it looks like. And then obviously there was a violent attack, which was not caught on video apparently. And then if they do have video of him exiting down that hallway, why wouldn't they show that to us? Because I would assume he would be moving much more swiftly and perhaps we could get a different viewpoint of the unusual gate. Um, if we could see that part of the video, that might help the public identify this person. That's a good point. Um yeah, I I will say this, though. I remember, and I don't know where I've seen it. There's so many articles, so many news stories on this. So it's so hard to keep up with it and remember everything. But I do remember seeing something somewhere that said that um, that Missy, you know, I guess it may be the timeline. I'm not sure. She pulls up to the church. She gets out. She starts to unload her 
um, equipment. She goes into the door and her or the perpetrator are never seen on video again. I seen that somewhere, read that somewhere. So I don't know. Well, I don't know if that's this contradiction. I know. Or... And that's what's so interesting because we had debated about this and there's a really nice guy in the group. He's a retired litigator. He's really smart. And, um, you know how there's some people in the groups that you really listen closely to their comments. He's one of those people. And he seemed to think that what they mean was, you know, they're not seen together after that, maybe in the context of the attack, Mm -hmm. but they do have this sort of after video of the perpetrator scooting down the hall to leave, Um, which I would give anything to see that video. Because you know he had to be moving a lot quicker than he was before she arrived. But um, anyway, so, uh, but yeah, that's interesting. I wish we knew a lot more about that video. And I wish we could see more of it. Because we keep hearing they have 28 minutes of video of the perpetrator walking around. And apparently we've only seen, what, two, three minutes? Two minutes minutes and 26 seconds. Is that it total? Yep. Yep. Wow. The okay. Person walking around the church. Yeah. When they first um, did a, when they first released um, some of the video, it was like 20 seconds. And then they released another, I don't know, minute. And then they released the additional whatever's left from that to two, two minutes and 26 seconds. So it was then in three segments. And, um, and then they kind of just put it all together somehow and released the whole thing. So. Right. And, you know, um, there's always been controversy about is is law enforcement being honest about the attack not being caught on video um you know i used to think maybe they weren't until we saw the search warrant and the search warrant i believe it was in that 2016 uh december 2016 search warrant that we talk about a lot um i believe that's the one but there is a search warrant out there that says that they were not seen on camera again. So those are sworn affidavits. That's a whole different ball game than, you know, a news release. That's that. Those are sworn statements. So I would have to believe those are true because if they end up not being true and you can prove that a police officer lied in the one of those affidavits, then all the evidence can be thrown out. So that would be a disaster. So I have to believe they're telling the truth. So I guess the attack was not caught on camera. Um, you know, and the thing about it is, is that, I mean, even if it were, it's not like they're going to release it. So, I mean, you know, yeah, that, I, don't, I don't know why people throw such a fit about that part. I mean, I, I, I get saying, hey, can you release more of the perpetrator walking around the church? Maybe a, right. a different angle or something new that we could see, but not the, you know, if it was, um, on surveillance camera, which I hope it's not. I hope nobody ever had to see that. Mm-hmm. But it's not like they're going to release it to everybody. That would be absolutely horrible. So I, right. I can't even imagine why people would want to see something like that. Because I know I don't want to see it. No, I sure don't want to see that either. Um, you know, so so it's something else, too, that people have speculated about is did the perpetrator intentionally pull Missy out of the view of a camera for the attack or was that a coincidence or an accident or unplanned um i don't know uh what do you think about that golly i don't know um you know i don't i've seen a layout of the church 
but I don't know enough about it to know how far the area is where there aren't surveillance cameras to know how much work they had to do to get her in that position. You know I what I'm saying? I believe, I believe they're just on the outside edges so that the doors are covered. So I guess yeah, but what about the ones that do the whole entire hall? Yeah, that's true. I, I, I get the impression that, well, there was some speculation and rumors that I want to make sure that we point out when we are speculating or referring to rumors because um, we can't prove this. But there was someone who had come forward. Remember when we were circulating that information and trying to dissect it? Someone mm-hmm. had said that they know for a fact that she was attacked in the sanctuary. Well, we haven't been able to confirm that, but if it's true, they they claim to have inside information, and it sounded credible, but still, I want to grain of salt everything that we can't, you know, confirm ourselves, but, right. and so then we were like, wait a minute, don't sanctuaries have cameras? But then we realized they have cameras to film the um, service, not, that's a completely different animal from a security camera with motion sensors on it. Yeah, um, that would be activated when someone walked in. So, you know, it, that's a not a terrible theory um, that she was attacked in the sanctuary. We just don't know, or it could have just. A lot of people were saying it was in that foyer. Um, yeah, I where heard the broken glass was right because supposedly was a, um, you know, those uh, sofa type tables. Yes. Um, there's um, I've another speculation, rumor, whatever you want to call it, um, that there was a, one of those tables there and, um, that got broken in the, in the struggle. So I, but, and that was in that foyer type area. So I, but I don't know. I've you know never and been we, we did hear that directly from a member of Creekside, um, who is active in the groups. And he said that that table was broken in the struggle, the glass top of it was, and they replaced it very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, because he noticed when he went to church, I don't know if it was the next week or the week after, but they had it fixed. Um, and it was back in its normal place. Um, so, yeah. Um, so, yeah, we really don't have any information on the actual attack. We don't know exactly what instruments were used. Um, we can see that the perpetrator's holding a hammer in some parts, it looks like. Um, it's just interesting how very little we know about this. The, I have to hand it to MPD. They've done a good job of keeping everything quiet. Um, I would think that in a small department, in a smaller community, that rumors and information could leak out pretty easily. But it sounds like, I mean, they've done a good job. I mean, don't you think? Yeah. I mean, we've. I agree. Mm-hmm. I mean, we really don't know anything about this yeah. case. Yeah. And, and they've, they've thrown a few, um, um, curveballs here and there uh the the last um let's see the last article that i see and i'm assuming that this was given to uh this is ryan osborne of wfaa channel 8 news abc yes um they did a um, article on it last april 18th 2019 um, that three years later, where the investigation stands today, and they just kind of go through the recap of what happened. And then they throw a couple of things in there. Over 2,000 tips have been submitted, including multiple tips weekly. I don't, I would be interested in knowing if they still have, you know, how many they have still coming in. 
Uh, but anyway, they go through and they do throw. Um, there was a gun found at the scene, but it was um, it, it was confirmed by investigators that it belonged to the Beavers. It belonged to Missy. That just says Beavers and wasn't used in her killing. And then they um, say at the end that they're still looking for, they're still interested in the vehicle described as being similar to a 2010 to 2012 Nissan Ultima or 2010, 2012 Infiniti G37. And I'm like, where did that come from? I mean, after all these years, you know, three years, they're going to throw in another car on us. I just found it interesting. So I don't know if that came from them or not. And I said all that to say this, like, do they just, you know, I don't know. I, I can't imagine why they would want to throw in another car on it, you know? Yeah, that's so bizarre. I looked at the cars and the two, because I thought, well, I've never seen anything about Infinity. So I looked them up and, and they look a little similar um, from a distance, but they do not have the same taillights. They do not have the same headlights. And, you know, you can have two different cars from two different makers and they can look almost identical. Mm-hmm. These cars look nothing alike except for maybe the same body um, size and somewhat of the same shape, but not well, even that much of the same shape. I just wonder what the purpose of that was. I don't, that's what I'm saying. I, I just don't understand that. So I don't know if they just have, you know, their little game plan of throwing little, you know, nuggets. And I don't know. I don't know. I just found that interesting. Very confusing. Very confusing. We're as confused as all of you are, so don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe more so tonight because we're kind of tired. <laughs> we speculate and we, we go through it and we're just like, yeah. I yeah. know. It's almost like the more you research, the more confusing it gets. Um, yeah, it really does. But we just, you know, we want to go through different types. Like every every week, if, if we'll do at least one, if, if not two, um, podcasts. And we'll just talk about different things and, um, you know, things that we've heard or things that we, we think just, you know, to kind of give people some insight, because there are a lot of people that don't know anything about this case. I've actually talked to several people that were like, what are you talking about? I'm like, you haven't heard of this case? And it just blows my mind. So we thought that this would be a good way to get, you know, um, people continuing to talk about it, because keeping it in the, in, you know, going and people talking about it helps to keep it fresh in people's minds, helps to keep it, um, hopefully, you know, in the spotlight so that it doesn't become a cold case and, and they will continue, you know, maybe somebody with some information, you know, I don't know. Right. Right. And I was telling a friend of mine the other night about the podcast and I asked her, if she knew about the case. So she looked it up real quick. She goes, Oh yeah, I did know about that, but honestly I'd forgotten about it. Yeah. And I just thought that's really sad that most people in the area, it's just completely off of their radar. And and that's local people. I'm not even talking about nationwide. I'm talking about people here in the Dallas area. I mean, this case is not getting much attention at all. It's very strange. Yeah, like not like it was in the beginning. It was on almost every other day in the very beginning. And it you don't ever see anything except for on the anniversary. And I'm hoping that they don't do just some silly recap, you know, of everything we know. And, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, it's like, I, I hate to say it, but it's like, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't we- want to say don't do it because they need to do it. They need to keep it in the, 
in the spotlight, but it just, I hate to see a, a story that's just a silly, you know, everybody gets all geared up thinking they're going to learn something new and then it just turns out to be nothing. And then, and half the time it's incorrect information. <laughs> right. And that, that's happened so many times when we've gotten excited when something's going to be on and it's literally a recap of things that we've heard a gazillion times and it's just not very interesting. Um, the first piece of interesting journalism I've seen on this case was that HL, that HLN show called murder in the church. That was really, yeah, yeah that the was first, the first time I felt like the case got the attention it deserves. Right. I agree with you on that. It was very interesting. Um, I actually watched that a couple of times. It's hard to find though. I, I, um, I found it, it in the beginning, really when it hard to find. but now you just can't find it. I don't know. Um, you know, I have the, the ID channel and you know, the on demand type stuff, but I can't seem to find it where I can just watch it anytime I want to. So I well, don't know. People, um, people were telling me that it's on Hulu. Um, but oh. I must not have the right kind of Hulu. Apparently there's different subscriptions. Oh. And, um, my son had signed up to get one that has the Disney, that new Disney plus thing uh-huh. and Hulu and something else like in a package deal. So whichever Hulu comes in that package does not have this program on it. I think you okay. have to have the more extended Hulu that has news on it. Maybe somebody out there knows more than I do about that, but I really want to watch it again. I've seen it a couple of times. I, you and I caught it, you know, toward when it came out in June, you know, and then I think they played it like, I don't know, a week later or something like that. Right. But I'm hoping to be able to watch it again. I'd love to be able to watch it on demand because there's some things that are kind of fuzzy memory about it that I want to clear up. Yeah. Uh, and you know how you can watch something. I, I know I can watch something and I can think that I've seen every aspect, heard everything that was said, didn't miss a thing. And I can watch something again, and I'm like, I don't remember them saying that the first time. Right, so, yeah. You know, different there's things always jump, something. Yeah. I know, different things jump out at you. Um, yeah. So I would one love of the to things watch that I found, I found, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. One no, of the no, things that was so interesting on that show, though, was the talk about the blood spatter. I remember that. I remember yeah. thinking, wow, I wasn't expecting that. Right. Um, she she goes, it's a woman, and she goes real in-depth on the blood spatter. Um, and besides the fact of just educating people on it, I don't really understand what they were going, what they were getting at there. Do you? I remember that. You and I discussed it later, and we were mm-hmm. like, what? They didn't really go anywhere with it. Yeah. Yeah. She just kind of, she just kind of explained how they look at it. And I really, like I said, I didn't really understand what the purpose of her doing that was. Yeah, I'm right there with you. It didn't seem, it seemed kind of disjointed and it didn't really end with any resolution or information that was useful. I remember that. We'll have to, oh, hopefully we'll get a chance to see this program again. Um, yeah, I think so it becomes a little bit Yeah, if anybody out there knows how we can watch it again, let us know because we don't know. We we um we both tried and we haven't been successful. So I think I I was on Hulu too, and I didn't find it either. Yeah, and I keep thinking someone's going to upload it to YouTube, but it hasn't shown up there yet. Yeah, I have checked there a couple times. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, but yeah, that was that was probably the most um interesting thing that they had you know uh, done in a while. So right. Hopefully they have some, um, you know, something, you know, I don't know, maybe they can release more information or something. And all we can do is hope, I guess. Yeah. And I just have to hope and pray the reason why law enforcement has been so tight lipped 
is that they know who it is and they just don't have enough evidence. I know that's something that Tim always pokes fun at is that people always say, oh, I think law enforcement knows who it is. They just don't have enough evidence. But honestly, I think that's probably accurate. I mean, at this point, after four years, they're not asking for the public's help anymore. We haven't heard from MPD in ages. How long has it been? Over a year. Oh, yeah, over a year. Definitely. And, um, you know, if they're not asking the public for tips anymore, they're not asking for help. Um, they're not telling people to lock your doors and be careful. There's a homicidal maniac on the loose. I just have to really hope and pray that they're watching this person. Um, that there's some kind of, I was talking to someone from the groups earlier that was asking if I thought there was any surveillance on whoever they think the perp is. And I thought, gosh, I hope so. Um, I would like to think that this person's being watched so they can't do it again at the minimum. Right. Um, You know, hopefully they're watching them for evidence, but you know what I'm saying? It's, um, I really hope they have an eye on whoever this was because this is obviously a very, this is an extremely violent person. Um, anyone willing to go into a church in the middle of the night, wearing all that gear in the pouring down rain in the pitch dark, that person was on a mission. I mean, there's no it's doubt about that small window of opportunity. I mean, it was oh, crazy. Yeah. Yes. Maybe some thrill seeker type, or maybe, I don't know why that they would pick such a tiny window of opportunity to do something of this magnitude. Um, that's another baffling thing about this case. The only thing I can think of though, is that maybe they didn't know about the people that were going to show up. Because if you're thinking that there's a class at 5 a.m. and she gets there at what time was it again? Do you remember? Yeah. She got there, I believe around 420. 420. Okay. So you're thinking you've got 40 minutes or, or, or yeah, maybe even just 30, you know, people maybe get there 10 minutes early. You're not really thinking that you've only got 15 minutes. Right. And we just had some major freaking luck. You I know? was going to say, I think that luck played a big, big part of this because the perpetrator was not aware apparently of those two people who routinely come at 430. Which makes sense. I mean, who's going to know that, you know? Yeah. And also, um, uh, you know, my husband was saying, you know, the rain usually slows people down. Like, for instance, one of the 430 workout early arrivers didn't even go because of the rain. So, right. you know, the perpetrator's probably thinking they had a little extra time there because the rain slows everyone down. Right. And helps. High. You know, that's just so crazy, though, to think that the rain, the time of day, putting on all the gear, going to such a bizarre location, doing such a horrible thing. This isn't a normal person at all. This is a complete, you know, psychopath Absolutely. Um, that could do something like this. And, and just, it's and really. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say it's really eerie to think that they just absorbed back into society. And obviously yep. they're going undetected or else they would be arrested by now. They haven't confessed. They haven't broken down. Um, they're just living their lives. Yep. Crazy. It Go is ahead. Crazy. So, say what you were going to say. I'm sorry. We're... That's okay. Um, I was just going to say, and another thing that I don't understand either, because I'm trying to like imagine in my mind, you know, the order of events. How did they get into the church without getting wet? I have just... to think that they pulled up pretty close. They parked closely. They put parked close to the door and just got in pretty fast. And but I mean, uh, you, you and me have all, we've all done that. We've all ran in somewhere super close, uh-huh. parked super close, had somebody drive us to the door and uh-huh. I always get wet. The rain was horrendous that day. I mean, just 
Mm-hmm. Pouring buckets of rain. It was just, it was just like nonstop. And it wasn't even just like a, you know, like a regular rain. It was like a, you know what I'm saying? Was it Tim or was it someone else? Somebody was telling us and they were saying, no, we know for sure that around 420, around that time, it had slacked off considerably. And of course, I don't know. I was sound asleep and I lived just far enough away to where what I saw wouldn't be relevant anyway. But we're, I mean, do you remember that? I can't remember now who it was. I'm pretty sure it was Tim or somebody had seen or heard that at that time, yes, it was raining a couple hours before when we have the Ultima circling the SWFA parking lot, but people were trying to say it wasn't pouring at that time, but oh. I, thought it, I thought it was. Yeah, I did too. I did too, but I like, but it, like you, I don't know. I, yeah. I don't have any specific knowledge because um, at that time of morning, even though I am kind of a night owl, as you can, you know, as you know, yeah, <laughs> I, I'm typically asleep at that hour, so I wouldn't have known. Right, exactly, because that is really, really late at night. Um, but and that also we've also speculated about: did the person wake up and put on the gear, or were they still up? I have reason to believe just from things that we've learned since the beginning is that the person was, had not gone to bed yet. Right. Um, we can elaborate on that on a future episode, but right. Uh, I don't believe that someone set their alarm and, you know, for like three 30 or whatever and threw it on and went, I think they were still up. Um, but anyway, yeah. yeah, that, that you're, you're right about he, they don't appear to be dripping wet in the video. I think that perhaps they just got in there really fast, you know, parked right. really close and walked in and, you know, broke the thing and then walked in. Right. So crazy. Yeah. So we're planning on doing different segments, uh, talking about different things. And of course, as y'all know, it'll always be, um, sometimes it'll be facts because we have documents to back it, back it up or, you know, whatever. A lot of times, obviously the articles aren't always uh, fact because, you know, sometimes they can't even spell the names correctly unfortunately so but if we can you know give you all facts we definitely will if not we'll just discuss it you know just like we would all be doing and giving you our opinion and things that we've learned or heard and you know that way y'all can you know learn about the case and hopefully uh keep getting the word out so that there will be um uh continuous coverage and, and keep working on the case and hopefully at some point hopefully very soon they will be able to solve this case Right. And Missy deserves this, this case to be solved. Her family and her, they all deserve for this to stay in the spotlight until it gets solved. And it makes me sad how it sort of drifted out of the spotlight in recent years. And, you know, it's a, it's a huge local case. And even if people don't live close enough to really care about it that much, it's fascinating. I'm just surprised that there's not a ton of coverage on it, but, um, Anyway, MPD is probably happy there's not. I think that they probably don't want a lot of the things leaked out or discussed or pressed. Right. I get that impression. I get that yeah, they, impression. They ask people not to call and give their opinions. Um, but if you have a tip, they definitely want you to send in tips. Um, there's a couple different ways that they can send in tips. You can text MIDL, which is short for Midlothian, uh, to 847411. Um, or you can call Crime Stoppers of Ellis County at 972-937-PAYS or 972-937-7297. You can also go on the Midlothian Police Department Facebook page and submit a private message or click the tip link posted on the page. So, 
Very nice. Yes. And I hope some, I hope one of these days that vital piece of information that Kevin Johnson used to talk about that they need, you know, I hope that someone comes forward with something that will help. I hope that someone close to the perpetrator that might have picked up on the fact that it was that this person they know is the perpetrator will come forward. Um, there's just, I just keep thinking there's got to be something yeah. somewhere. Yeah. That's why we do what we do. (laughs) Right, right. And I remember, I remember Kevin Johnson saying, we feel like this will be solved by the public, someone in the public coming forward with something they thought might not be relevant or or that important, but it will end up being the vital piece of information that they need to solve the case. So that's a little bit discouraging that they're depending on something like that. But at the same time, I hope it happens. Yeah, I do too. Because I mean, obviously, they have ways of of uh, sitting in your information with and being remaining anonymous. So you know, hopefully, right. someone will trust that and and come forward with information. Um, so. so I think next week we'll probably talk about. Um, I don't know. We have plenty of things to talk about. We'll come up with something uh, interesting. Well, well, you know what? We should bring up next time the DNA. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, we started to do that on a previous one that didn't get recorded. So we should probably move forward with the DNA conversation, and yeah. we'll pick we'll pick out a couple more things. Yeah, that'll work. That'll work. Um, okay, so we will. Um, we hope y'all enjoyed our podcast today, um, discussing the perpetrator and their outfit and some different things. Uh, we'll talk about the DNA next week and a couple other things for y'all, and um, make sure that y'all find us on Facebook. We are True Crime Broads. We are on Instagram. Um, our podcast is uploaded to a lot of different um, podcasts. Do you know some of them, Crystal? Yeah, the platforms are, um, you can go directly to the Anchor app if you have that, or you can go to Spotify if you are a subscriber of Spotify. You can also find us on Apple devices, iPhones. Um, just press that little, um, uh, the purple podcast um um square on your phone and you can select true crime broads just search it or um and there's other platforms that we're on um, google listed yeah google which i didn't even know there was such a thing i didn't either (laughs) (laughs) that's news to me so yeah we're really excited to be on so many different platforms and um, by the time we do our next podcast i'll write down all the ones that we're on yeah. Okay. Sounds good. We'll try to, we'll try to post them and we will post the pictures of the different things that we discussed, uh, the shoes, uh, the boots, uh, you know, different things like that. So if y'all have any questions for us, please comment on one of our uh, posts on Facebook or send us a message. And if y'all think of anything y'all want us to discuss, we can um, discuss it on our next podcast or maybe the one after that. Okay. Fantastic. Thank you, Renee. All right. Thank you, Crystal. Good night. Good night.